What's your problem? What's your solution? This is an interview series about making the world a better place. Throughout his impressive career, Richard Branson has used business efforts to solve problems and to create better or more fun experiences for his customers. With that combined focus on solutions and entertainment, he is now concentrating on clean energy, sustainable food and much more to address the challenge of climate change. For Richard Branson, good and innovative business is the answer to almost every problem. Welcome to Camp Solutions. From your long business career, you've seen setbacks and success. What have you learned that tells you that we can solve the problem of climate change? Yeah, well, my philosophy in life is just is, uh, never, never to give up and to keep battling until you ultimately succeed. But there are certain Virgin projects. I, I seem to remember Virgin Cola one day, and I guess we don't miss that now, but, but you, know, you gave up on that one. So you, apparently you need to know when you need to stop. <laughs> Well, a business is business is slightly different than the destruction of the world, and okay. and, and the um, yeah. Well, look, I'll, I will try things um, and work very hard to make them succeed. And you know, if it if it's obvious that Coca Cola is going to put us out of business, which they did, uh, then uh, then we'll have to move on and and fight yes, yeah. fight other battles. But with climate change, we can't afford to do that. We just we all all of us. I mean, anybody who's in a position to make a difference um, must make a difference. And you know, you're, you're doing so by making this documentary. I'm doing so to try to help educate companies who are not doing anything about climate change at the moment in, uh, to, um, to actually start doing something about it and, and show them how it can be done. Global warming, climate change is mostly related to the wrong kind of business. Can business also solve this problem? I think business has has to solve the problem. Um, I mean, governments need to lay the the rules, um, and then it's up to business people to use their entrepreneurial skills um, to come up with the answers and uh, and then to invest and um, make sure that um, you know we are carbon neutral by 2050. How do we shift the debate into doing the right things? Uh, I, I feel very quite strongly that there is a relatively simple way of addressing climate change. So uh, a carbon tax is the way that most people say, you know, that's the only way yeah. to solve the world's problems. The problem about a carbon tax is that um, it's unpopular with um, the public because it means higher fuel prices. It's unpopular with companies because it's going to be taking a lot of money from the companies and therefore it's unpopular with governments. And Australia that imposed a carbon tax, the government fell and, uh, and the new government then got rid of the carbon tax. My simple suggestion is that, we, that, is that governments introduce a, a clean energy dividend instead of a carbon tax. But the, the main difference will be that 100% of that money raised won't just go into general government coffers. Uh, it'll be used by the companies that have to pay that tax uh, to invest in clean energy. If a number of countries could implement this, I think we'd very rapidly get on top of the problem. What would, what would happen would be that very quickly fuel prices of clean energy would come down. That would bring the fuel prices of dirty energy down. 
so the public would be happy because they'd be paying less money out. The companies would be happy because they can actually invest in clean energy. They've got a chance of getting their money back plus dividends. Um, and therefore, the government should be happy. How would it work? The, where would that money go? Does it stay under the control of the company that pays into it? Exactly. The... So the government would approve, you know, say, um, you know, a million different projects in the world. I mean, it, you know, it could be a lot more than that. But, you know, so there would be, there would be government approved projects for that money to be invested in. And then the companies themselves would decide which of those, uh, those approved projects they could invest the money in. And, and, you know, so it could be, I mean, simplistically, it just could be, it could be solar, it could be wind, it could be battery power, um, it could be clean energy for airlines, it could be a whole range of different areas. And the people who want that investment, they will go to government and they will show how they, how they can benefit the world by, um, you know, by growing. There are initiatives like B Corporation that are voluntary. So people, companies sign up for that and say, well, uh, we commit to certain additional values as a corporation and we want to do that. It's a good idea, but it doesn't work. Um, I mean, you, what, we're, what we're talking about is a, a, a massive global problem uh, which needs you know, billions of money to be invested in clean energy. But you mentioned you're talking to several governments. Could it happen that only, you know, a group of governments will start with this initiative. Yeah, I don't, I mean, unlike the carbon tax, I don't think, that, you know, the, the, the reason that people have always been against carbon taxes for, there's a lot of reasons, but one reason is it'll put us at a, at a competitive disadvantage to the countries that, that are not implementing a carbon tax. On, the, on this occasion, because um, the companies have the right to invest that money into new businesses, new, new clean energy businesses, um, uh, and because they can actually make money from that, I don't think it will put them at a disadvantage to, to countries that haven't absolutely actually implemented it. And I think the first countries that decide to do this, the best projects in the world will be available to them, the most profitable projects. But is there no competitive disadvantage if, say, only a handful of European countries do this and the United States doesn't participate? You know, the exciting thing about this is that the amount of money, just let's just say take Europe, Europe, um, you know, the amount of money that they could generate from a climate change dividend is enormous. More actually, I think, than the clean energy sector um, needs. Um, and so the speed that, you know, the speed of introduction of clean energy will, 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 will be dramatically fast. So you approach climate change as you have done many uh, ventures in your life, um, you know, in a creative way. So you would, for instance, support uh, Formula E, which is car, electric car racing. Now, can you explain how that supports climate change? Some people will say, well, car racing, how can that be relevant, right? Um, I think that a lot of um, uh, new technologies come about from uh, motor racing, you know, if you take that sector. I mean, a lot, a lot of, I mean, before climate change was an issue, um, the Grand Prix, um, you know, they were um, trying to make sure that cars got better and better, faster and faster, more and more cutting edge, more and more fuel efficient and so on. Um, and, you know, by investing in Formula E, it, it's fun, it's entertaining for people, um, but, it's, but it's also clean and it's run, you know, the cars are run by batteries. And, you know, since Formula E started, um, it's gone from having to 
change a battery halfway through to having batteries that last the whole, whole length of the journey. And the amount of speed that people are managing to get from batteries has gone up en enormously. So, um, so I think the, you, where, you've got, where you've got people competing to try to come up with the best technology, um, it can only ultimately benefit the clean energy revolution. How does that apply to space tourism? So Virgin Orbit, which is a sister company to Virgin Galactic, um, you know, we're putting 2,000 satellites around the Earth um, with a company called OneWeb. And those satellites can, um, apart from connecting the 5 billion people who are not connected, um, they can also monitor illegal fishing. They can monitor, uh, you know, rainforests that are you know, being cut down. Um, they can monitor methane leaks, you know, anywhere in the world. And, you know, and then we can go to the companies and tell them that, you know, that they have an issue and that they need to sort it out. I think space can play a good positive role in, in um, addressing climate change. What is the relationship between nature and technology? There's a whole lot of things that we've, we've got to consider doing. I mean, if, let's just take, um, uh, so, I don't know, five years ago, I just experimented by you know, cutting out beef um, and found I didn't miss it. Um, yeah. So Memphis Meats is um, a company that we've invested in, which literally grows the meat from a you know, little, little bit of meat from a cow, um, you know, keeping the cow alive. Uh, they then take that and then and they, they can just grow it into large amounts of meat. I mean, I've done fun, fun things on NECA where everybody think, thinks they're eating a burger. And they say it's the most delicious burger they've ever eaten, but it's you know, really healthy vegetarian food. If we can switch a lot of people into not eating as much meat as they currently are, that will make a big difference. How can we make that fun? Because it's probably the, the biggest thing that any person, any one person can do. Not everybody flies or often, but people all eat every day. So if you change diets, that is the biggest thing we can do for global warming. But, but that's a mindset that needs to change. Yeah, I mean, the reason I mentioned beef rather than saying, you know, immediately go vegetarian is I just think um, that it turns off too many people if you actually start saying, um, you know, you should be a vegetarian. Um, whereas if you, can, if you actually say to somebody, why don't you just experiment by cutting out beef? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not, not such a difficult thing for people to do. There's, there, are, there are plenty of alternatives. You can still have bacon and eggs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then in time, you may well decide to go further. But I think where it can become fun is, is actually with these alternative sources of clean foods. You know, I'm, I may be wrong, but my instinct is that 30 years from now, um, killing animals will be a thing of the past. Um, and that will be, you know, I think great from the animal's point of view. <laughs> um, uh, but it will also be um, very, very good from, from a climate change point of view. So the conversation on climate change is so often very dark and negative. At the same time, it can be possibly one of the biggest opportunities ever to create the very world that people like you have been fighting for for decades. So why is it so negative? I think that the uh, people who are campaigning on climate change need to put a positive spin on it and, and not be too negative and not be too gloomy um, uh, in order, in order to, that people don't give up and, and just say, well, it's beyond me. There's no way I can do anything about it. Uh, you know, what I think people need to try to do is, first of all, get their own houses in order. At our home on Necker Island, you know, we look at every aspect. So, you know, whether it's no beef, whether it's 
um, you know, LED lights for the tennis courts, um, you know, whether it's no single-use plastic. These are fun things to do, but they save a lot of money as well. Yes. And so the reason I'm hopeful about us getting on top of the climate change issue is that there are answers to these problems. And we're now working on trying to create the whole Caribbean as a climate-friendly zone, obviously using NECA as an example of how it can be done. The example of NECA Islands is, is interesting in the sense that you've been here for a long time already, and so the island has been, you know, in your, under your control, if you like, for some time. So we should have done it sooner, you're absolutely well, right. Well, no, 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 What did change? What did change? Um, I'm, I'm guilty as charged in that one. We should have... We should have well, I'm not we, charging you, no, no, but no. I, I want to know because <laughs> no, people can learn from we this. We should have we done should. it earlier. I, and it's something which, you know, I have been talking about for a long time. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the technologies have, have, have definitely stepped forward and, uh, and, and are much better today than they were five years ago. But yeah, we should have done it five well, years ago. Well, the point is not so much that you mm. should have, but what I'm interested in is that doesn't apply to Necker Island only. It applies to yeah. many, many other situations. You're 100% right. And, um, but I think, yeah, I think people do need to see good examples. Yes. What is your favorite example in, in terms of technology from what you're seeing now to address climate change? I think the breakthroughs on battery technology uh, is very exciting. You know, if you've got wind 24 hours a day and then it dies for a while, um, you, you need these really good quality batteries to yes. then... But I mean, the exciting thing is that every, every single one of these sectors, wind, solar, batteries, um, the price is coming down you know, let's say an average of 10% a year. I mean, it's the quality of delivery is going up by maybe 10% a year. So we launched something called the Virgin Earth Prize, which is a $25 billion prize to see if there was anybody out there that could um, bring enough carbon out of the Earth's atmosphere, uh, which was basically just an idea of my wife. She just one day said, you know, there must be out of 6 billion people in the world, yeah. somebody bright enough to be able to work out a way of extracting the carbon out of the atmosphere. That prize has been going for about 10 years now. And at the moment, I mean, there, you know, there have been good breakthroughs with some of these companies. Um, at the moment, the cost effectiveness of it is, is quite a long way off. You know, so the technologies you select are still too expensive? It, it, it's really expensive, yeah, yes. uh, at and the moment. People talk about one of the big problems of climate change is that India and China, the very big countries with big populations, adopting our Western lifestyle. But couldn't they leapfrog as well? I mean, well, I think I mean China, in particular, uh, is is doing a lot. I mean, they are sadly still building new um, coal power stations, um, and they need to stop. But um, you know, but they've got the, the they've got the landmass to turn China into a completely clean country. Um, the smog from places like Beijing is still unbearable. And politically, it's unacceptable. And I think that, I think the politicians realize that. And, and um, so I think a lot of the um, clean energy breakthroughs will come from China. And, um, you know, worked where China to introduce a clean energy dividend and it was to be spent yeah. in that way, you, you, in, in um, coming up with clean energy, it could be a real revolution. India, um, you know, it, ha it has a wonderful opportunity because you know, a lot of people weren't even on the grid. You know, setting up local solar and wind areas, is, is, you know, is cost effective and something that a lot of people in India are now working on. You talk with climate change activists, I'm sure you do. 
they keep saying there's a lot of money to be made for entrepreneurs when we do all these things. And while we're doing it, we're solving the problem as well. The activists, don't they see that? Or About um, 15 years ago, a number of us invested in clean energy and we, and we all lost quite a lot of money in those days. Um, and that, I think, because so many people got burned, it, it, it frightened people off. Um, people are coming back and are, are beginning to invest now. Um, uh, but um, to, get, to get the billions and billions, I think we need government intervention to make sure that you know, the, the, the billions go into clean energy. What is the initial response you're getting from governments when you propose your clean energy dividend? Very positive. Well, we talked to Tim Flannery, who wrote the wonderful book, The Weathermakers, and he was very excited about the idea. And uh, he's talked to the leader of the opposition about it. Uh, there's an election taking place in six weeks. Um, and, I mean, it's going to be almost impossible to bring a carbon tax back into Australia after what happened mm -hmm. last time. Um, but a new approach, like, like the clean energy dividend, um, he feels could, could have some traction. Could you convince China to, to adopt it? I don't, you know, it's not a difficult thing to convince people. I mean, it's, you know, there's no real downsides to it. I mean, no. that's, you know, I mean, and that's where, you know, my entrepreneurial brain uh, is trying to come up with ways of solving problems that, uh, in an entrepreneurial way, that will benefit the public, which will benefit companies, um, which will benefit the globe. If you look back, what is your biggest business success? Um, being quite brave and going from running what was the most successful independent record company in the world to starting an airline. Um, it was the airline that really put the Virgin brand on the map on a global basis. And that was 35 years ago. Nobody, we had one plane, nobody thought we'd survive the year. Pan Am had 250, they disappeared. We had one plane, TWA had 250, they disappeared. Air Florida disappeared. British Caledonian disappeared, Laker disappeared. Fortunately, at the end of 12 months, it, people loved it, and we, we, we ended up getting another um, two second-hand 747s. <laughs> they, um, but um, you know, having that global recognition on a brand has, mm. has meant that I can now you know, pick up the phone to pretty well anybody in the world and get through. What was, what was your most successful failure? I think any, any failure has been... Um, a learning exercise. I think what I learned by, for instance, the Virgin Cola failure um, was that if you're going to set up a, a competitor to somebody, it's got you've got to be a lot better than them. Um, so at the same time that Coke were trying to drive Virgin Cola out of business, BA were trying to drive Virgin Atlantic out of business. Yes. Virgin Atlantic was palpably better than British Airways and therefore it survived. Whereas with Virgin Cola, uh, it was just a cola. But to the point of airline travel, don't you think that the world getting together through air travel and people meeting people leads to exchanges of ideas? That's helpful. We should not stop meeting each other, shouldn't we? Obviously, I agree. And I mean, as batteries become more efficient, it is possible that, um, uh, that we could have planes flying across the Atlantic all battery powered in, in, in you know, it, it, they need to go a bit further than they are at the moment, but that's not, that's not beyond the realms of possibility. What do you try to teach your grandchildren? Do you want them um, to be entrepreneurs? Do I want my grandchildren to be entrepreneurs? Um, I, I certainly would be, wouldn't be unhappy if they became entrepreneurs. I think, um, uh, you know, what is an entrepreneur? An entrepreneur is simply somebody that comes up with an 
idea to improve other people's lives better. And that's, that's, all, that's all an entrepreneur is. And so if my, if my grandkids come up with an idea that's going to make other people's lives better, um, I, you know, I'd be delighted. Again, I'm a bit biased, but I do think if anyone can save the world, it is, the, is, it is entrepreneurs. You, you have done a lot of, you know, create a lot of business based on, I, I suppose, intuition, quick thinking. You're also a chess player. What do you learn from chess when you run your business? I play chess in roughly the same way that I run my businesses, in a very instinctive manner, very quick uh -huh. decision-making. Can get me into trouble on the chessboard. <laughs> so. so what's your problem? I think that the problem is just that lack of urgency. What's your solution? My personal solution would be to introduce a clean energy dividend on dirty fuel. Um, but the difference between this clean energy dividend and a carbon tax uh, would be that uh, all the money would be invested by the company that's paying that, um, paying that dividend uh, into clean energy. So into clean energy initiatives anywhere in the world. Um, and I think if, if that happened, um, we would soon, soon get on top of the world's problems and, and soon be able to whip climate change. Have you become the man you wanted to be? Um, I still um, think there's a lot more to do. <laughs> um, and, and I enjoy life enormously. So we'll not do anything uh, you know, to, to depart this world uh, sooner than I have to. I hope that um, yeah, some of my legacy can live on. But obviously, in the end, it basically lives on for your children and your, um, your family. Um, and what they've learned from you and whether they can then continue to continue to deliver what, you, what you're trying to do. Thank you, Richard. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> Cheers. You. Good luck. We're leaving Necker Island and we know that Richard Branson's commitment to using enterprise to solving problems is as strong as ever. His leadership is inspiring and with similar shared focus worldwide, reversing global warming is only a matter of time. This was Camp Solutions. See you next time.